Hey everybody, welcome back to RevX's sci-fi horror theater podcast. This is a show where we have authors read original pieces of horror or science fiction, or you can let us know about them and we will record them for you. If you're new to RevX, you can check us out on our website at revxproductions.org or on Facebook at Revolutionary Exchange Productions, and we are actually producing daily video and or audio content during the shutdown, the lockdown, the quarantine, the end of the world. We're putting out daily stuff. So some of them are fun. Some of them are music. Some of them are connective and some are creative in other ways. This one, this show here is horror and sci-fi. So I am going to read a story to you called Visibility, an original that I wrote about a decade ago. And if you would like to perform on this show or have us read something for you, contact us on our website, revxproductions.org. Or if you know me personally, contact me, Gmail, Facebook, wherever. If you really want to get down to it, the kind of the focus of this show, the purpose of the show, what you should be thinking of is Twilight Zone and Outer Limits and Tales from the Crypt and EC Comics and Weird War Tales and crazy horror anthologies from DC Comics and all that kind of stuff. The idea is that they're very quick horror morality tales with a kind of a twist or a spin or something like that. So we'll do these from time to time. You can submit your own, whatever. This one is our third one by myself, Kenneth Quinnell. It is called Visibility. Nobody should be out on a night like tonight. Nobody. There's no moon. No stars. But it doesn't really matter. Even if there were, you couldn't see them. The fog is so thick that you'd have to have x-ray vision in order to see anything. If I didn't know this mile-long stretch of road like the back of my hand, I wouldn't be out either. But you have to get home sometimes. Like when you have to get up at 7 a.m. for work. You can say that maybe I shouldn't have gone out tonight, what with the heavy fog. Or you could say that I shouldn't have walked. But how often does FSU play on Thursday night? And should I really be attempting to drive a car on a foggy night after the beers I drink? I lost count around my 7th or 8th beer. I mean, when the game was that tight and we end up losing at the end, who still counts their beers? So I'm being responsible. I didn't need to drive a mile on a night when it's incredibly foggy and I've been drinking and coaches is only a mile from my house and I know the way even in my sleep. No, Walking was the right choice. The visibility on the road is bad enough for a sober person, much less someone a little on the tipsy side. And that's why I ain't seen a single person on that entire road, on the entire way back. Haven't heard a single engine or seen a single headlight. At least not since I turned off Main Street onto Route 19. But that ain't surprising a bit. There ain't any businesses on the route between Main Street and my house, and there's only a few houses. Nice, respectable people who were in bed long time ago, football game or no. The only thing along this stretch of road of any interest, except the dirt road leading up to Carol Jones's old house. Well, her parents still lived there, and she was named Carol Parker now, and lived off in Tallahassee or some shit like that. Ironic, huh? Man, they used to have a huge crush on her. 
I can't tell you how many drunken nights I walked by her. Nah. Anyway, nothing on this stretch of road of any interest except Carol's old house in the edge of the... Goethe, Goethe, I don't know how they say it. It's, someone said it's Gertie, Gertie or Gertie State Park, but don't spell like that. So I, I, whatever. Man, ain't no place on earth I spent more time drinking in that forest, though, whether I could say the name of it or not. I couldn't count the number of beer cans that me and the boys lost out in them woods. Walking on the edge of that forest, thinking about having one of them beers was when I heard that engine. Turned and looked south. The only other way the road went, of course, but I couldn't see nothing yet. It was only a few minutes before I could see the headlights. Certainly, this guy had his brights on, otherwise I couldn't have even seen them in this fog. Not surprisingly, he was swerving. He was probably drunk, and he was certainly driving too fast for road with this visibility. Hell, this was the most dangerous highway in America on regular occasions, much less on nights like tonight. So I was wary. I figured the best thing to do is to get far enough off the road to get out of his way. I figured I was safe anyway, but why mess with it? I stumbled a little bit since I couldn't see the incline in the shoulder, but I made it pretty close to the tree line and continued looking south. I figured he'd stay on the road just fine. Drunk drivers tend to know what they're doing, I always say. If you're drunk and you think you can drive on a night like this, you either can or you're dead in the first few minutes. My mama didn't raise me to be no fool. I got out of his way and I was going to watch him until he was safely past me. Which was only about a minute later, since he was going so fast. He continued to swerve as he came at me, but hell, who's to say he was even drunk? He could have been swerving just because of the thickness of that fog and the fact that the road was starting to turn west. Sober people have missed that turn before. There's fucking memorials on the road because of it. More likely than not, if he didn't know where he was going... He'd miss the curve highway and veer off onto my fork into the road. But he made it. I watched him veer off the northwest, and after he was safely past me, I turned to continue northwards toward my house. That's when I saw it. About three feet away from me was the ugliest thing I had ever seen, except for maybe Carol Jones's mama. How a girl that pretty could come from a woman that ugly was beyond me. At first, I thought it might be a dog. But it was too big. It could have been a bear, but nah, this wasn't a bear. Not by a long shot. This was something that came out of the forest. Something that didn't belong there. Or here. Or anywhere. It had no eyes that I could see. It had an almost greenish skin that kind of glowed like those fish that you see live at the bottom of the ocean on the Nature Channel. The kind that never seen light until some geek in a submarine or something shines it on them for the first time. This thing kind of looked like one of them. And the skin must have kept some of the light from the car since it was brightly lit when I first saw it, but then it started to fade. Sort of like one of those glow-in-the-dark toys that the kids have. The kind where you bring it in in a brightly lit bathroom and you turn off the light and it holds on the light for a little while before going black. That's what was happening here. The thing that stood out about this thing, though, was the teeth. And it wasn't three feet away anymore, either. I hadn't seen it move, but it was certainly closer. Beneath where the eyes should have been and weren't was the biggest mouth area I think I ever seen. The teeth were way too big for the mouth. They were so big that it couldn't possibly even shut its mouth. The teeth were at least a foot long, top and bottom. The damn thing's mouth was two feet across. 
And the teeth were sharp, too, pointed and gnarled, and an ooze just kind of dripped off of them, running down its non-chin and falling into a glowing green puddle in the dirt. And I'm certain that it was closer now, no more than two feet away, and I still never saw it move. Well, I only saw it move at once, when it leapt at me. I put up my arm to shield myself from those awful teeth, but it did nothing more than make sure that it bit my arm first. The teeth clamped into my arm right below my shoulder on both the top and the bottom. I don't care what women say. Some things are more painful than childbirth. Like when razor-sharp demon teeth slice right into your skin and muscle and bone and rip your arm right the fuck off. I may have heard it growl or snarl or something like that, but I was starting to lose track of what the fuck was happening at that point. I turned to run, but before I took two steps, I heard some kind of whistling sound and something knocked me right the fuck off my feet. I don't know if it were a tail or a leg or an arm or tentacle or whatever the fuck, but the thing swept me off my feet, not in a good way, making me crash into the ground. I'm pretty sure my nose broke when I landed, but it was kind of unsure since pain no longer had any fucking definition at this point. That's when it ripped off my right leg below mid-calf. I'm sure I heard smacking sounds as it had a midnight snack. I guess it had finished its appetizer at that point and was ready for the main fucking course. There was an audible thud as it plopped down behind me. I tried to crawl away, but you'd be amazed how tough it is to crawl with one arm and one leg missing. All of a sudden, it grabbed a hold of my remaining leg and I jerked back. It didn't rip this one off, though, although it certainly began to swallow it. The teeth weren't being used anymore to tear me apart. They were being used to pull me bit by bit into the creature's fucking mouth. I felt it on my knee, my thigh, my crotch. By then, it was using its claws to pull me into its mouth. Who knew it had fucking claws? It certainly didn't need them. The teeth were more than enough. Something I realized a bit more when they sunk into my waist and I felt the top ones touch the bottom ones somewhere in the middle of my goddamn stomach. Needless to say... I didn't make it into fucking work the next morning. The end.